They're not good enough to start. They're not even good enough to play. But they do talk a good game. So come join Lou and Jose from the sidelines where all the best sports discussions happen anyway. Welcome in to the Bench Warmers Podcast. Welcome into the program, everyone. I am Lou Ruggieri. That is Jose Ortiz. And this is the Bench Warmers Podcast. Wherever, whenever, and however you happen to be listening, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Uh, we're going to try to make it worth your while. Again, another quality over quantity show. It's going to be a relatively short show because there's not a lot in the NFL world that's going on, but there's enough to talk about. So we're going to get to that. Uh, we also have our the finale, uh, somewhat anticlimactic, I'm sad to say, uh, for our bracket, our 2022 King of the Candy Store bracket. We took 32 candies and we parsed them down one round after the next. 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8, which A-T-E. The final four. Now we're down to the championship, and it is well. We'll get. I'll tell you who's in the championship later. We'll get to that. If you've been following along, you already know. But if not, we'll keep you keep you in suspense for a little bit longer. Uh, this is season two, episode forty nine, our 99th show. Jose, yeah. one more, and we're at a hundred. That's wow. that's a landmark. That's a benchmark or something. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, a prize. A prize. We'll get some sort of. Prize. Yeah. We'll. We'll maybe we'll take a vacation, and that's yeah. That'll. We'll talk. I don't know. We have, so, we have to do something for it. I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll do something. You can go back and listen to all previous 98 shows if you'd like. iHeartRadio, Amazon, Odyssey, wherever you're listening to us now. Just go back there and listen more. So, all right. Let's move on with the show. Uh, so, because there's not a lot going on, per se, in newswise this week, we decided, because the NFL draft is coming up very, very quickly, to kind of focus on some of the teams. And we took very specific teams, which, Jose, I think you had a, a pretty good idea because I was way too, I cast way too broad a net. <laughs> we decided to focus on the eight teams and not divvy up the attention equally because some of them don't really garner that much attention um, that have multiple first-round picks in the 2022 draft and kind of decide what what they need the most just position-wise, what would suit them the best, or maybe just what we'd like to see them get because – you know, they're, they have a couple chances to do it, so it's going to be interesting. And, I mean, we can jump right into it. The only other news that isn't really news is that your 49ers have said that they're not going to trade Debo Samuel. They have no intention to trade Debo Samuel. And Debo apparently is not he's not feeling that because he kind of made it known at a club, I guess. There's a video of him shaking his head when somebody said, are you staying? And he just was like, nah. So I'm just curious how you... Uh, how you feel about it? I mean, what you know? What do you? I don't know what you do. I mean, what do you want? I mean, obviously you want to keep him, but if you were going to get rid of him, if they were going to trade him, I mean, what's fair market value? I mean, he's right there with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, and he's younger than those players. So, it starts with at least two first round picks and a player and a young player back. Look, I, I like you said, I'd rather keep him, but you know, it. I, I, I don't think it's about money. It's obviously something about he just doesn't want to be in San Francisco. And then, you know, it is what it is. I don't want to, I don't know what's going on, but he doesn't want to be there. And so if you can maximize value for him and, and get two, maybe three first round picks, I don't know if he's worth three first round picks, but two first round picks and a, and a player, I mean, maybe you have to just take it and, and, and run. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, and I, I do think, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I do think that there is a bump that a player gets from playing in a Kyle Shanahan system. I mean, Kendrick Bourne owes at least some money to, to Kyle Shanahan for being signed by the the, the Patriots. I, I, just, I think there's a chance 
I mean, he's a great player. I think there's a chance that some of his value is being elevated by the positions he's being put in. I think something that's missing in this too, and this is the last thing I'll say about it before we move move forward. But you know, I think Debo, and not to say that Debo isn't going to be great if he goes anywhere else, but I think part of the you know the first the part of the reason that he made first team All Pro last season, where he had you know 1,400 receiving yards, I think he had 300 rushing yards, and what 11 touchdowns, I think overall 14 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is the fact that he's on a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. And we've seen Kyle Shanahan make, you know, uh, I, I don't know how to say it without cursing. You know, he's made a chicken soup out of chicken. You he's know. turned lemon into lemon, lemons into lemonade. Yes, that's or a much better like way. Yeah, yeah, we've seen him take kind of <laughs> subpar player. Not to say that Debo's a subpar. Debo's a great player. But I think in that offense, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is maximizing his versatility better than probably almost anyone I could think of could do otherwise. So that yeah. is something to be, I don't know. It's just a, a thought in my head. Like maybe, maybe he's not going to be quite the same guy on a team with a vanilla offense. You know, if he went to the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's not coming up with, you know, the, the schemes that Kyle Shanahan is, and it's not even going to be close. So. Yeah, completely agree. So, okay, let's move on. Uh, so there's eight teams that are set to be on the clock. Uh, for with multiple first round picks, so let's just kind of start. I mean, we'll start. I guess we could start with the Lions. I guess <laughs> we'll just we'll just get through them real quick because yeah. the Lions are. They're. I mean, they're they try. You know, they're trying. I don't know. They have a couple first round picks. Who or what positions do you think that they need the most at the moment? Well, so when you're just a really really bad team, the. the any, honestly, any successful pick at any position would be helpful for them. If, if, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd probably, you know, considering that this this draft they're saying is is weak at quarterback, you know, maybe you, it's boring. But starting with the offensive and defensive line players uh, to kind of build your team from the inside out and be ready when when you're when you do find that franchise quarterback, that's kind of where I where I'd be leaning. They already drafted Amon Ron State Brown last year, so they have a good receiver. Maybe you take another receiver, but I, I'm I'm looking on building my offensive and defensive line from them. Yeah, I mean they took Penny Sewell last year, which was a good addition at right tackle. Uh you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is is turned into a real good wide receiver. He seemed like he was kind of had a little coming out party towards the end of the year. And then they do have DJ Chark. And so I mean whatever. He's a number two. You know, <laughs> okay. it's fine. It's not he's like not, a number four. Yeah. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is still, I think, yeah. probably the best offensive weapon they have. So I, yeah. DeAndre Swift. They, DeAndre they Swift. Back. That's true. You know, like uh, they have Williams. some pieces. Yeah. They have I think some pieces. offensive or defensive line. And I think I think they have to draft a quarterback. I think Jared Goff is a good place filler. I think, but I think ultimately he's gonna end up serving sort of that Alex Smith role if the if they can find a quarterback. I don't know if it's going to be this draft, honestly, because it doesn't seem like there's a. Yeah. Uh, well, you never know. I, I guess hunt till next year and yeah. <laughs> just say, hey, we'll just we'll just strengthen our team other places. You know, if if, if they've got what they have, uh, seven picks, uh, eight picks this year. Yeah. If they can hit on five of those picks and you get five starters heading into next year, maybe you're in better position. You know. Yeah. Uh, next team, the Houston Texans, go to, and they that the Texans are kind of a conundrum to me because they they're not. They're not bad. I mean, like, they were bad, but they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. Davis Mills seems like he's better than advertised. Yep. 
you know, they have, I mean, they signed Marlon Mack. They have Rex Burkhead, who started kind of coming on strong towards the end there. They still have Royce Freeman, Brandon Cooks. I mean, free Brandon Cooks. He's the most, you know, undervalued wide receiver in the league at this point because he put up just crazy numbers last year and no one noticed because it doesn't matter. So, I mean, I, I think for the Texans, you know, defense would be helpful. You know, offensive line is always going to be kind of the default. I think they can always use more. Yeah. Davis Mills seemed a little jittery. Obviously, he's a rookie, so the more protection you give him, the better. But another quality wide receiver, I think, would be good for them. It's just, yeah. it's, it's uh, other than Brandon Cooks, I mean, Philip Dorsett. I mean, who's there? You know, Chris Conley. Nico, like, they don't really. Nico Collins is over there. They drafted him. Yeah. I think he was a second or third round pick last season. Uh, yeah. Look, I think yeah, with the number three pick and the number 13 pick, you have to come away with at least one ride, one of these elite wide receivers. Assuming there's not a run on them early, I, I definitely think you need a first round wide receiver if you're Houston Texans. And honestly, in round two, or you know, maybe Brees Hall's there, like one of these running backs in the high, you know, round two, they have number 37 pick. That's a pretty high second round pick. Maybe they can get a running back there. I, I, no, no offense to Marlon Mack, but I don't think anyone thinks he's the future. I don't think Marlon Mack thinks he's the future. So, <laughs> it, you know, getting a, a, another running back there. To, to kind of push him. And, and they just need some offensive playmakers. I don't know if that's a tight end. They just have a, an opportunity to, to really put weapons around da- uh, Davis Mills and see maybe he is a little bit better than he expected because this is a team that I expect to be drafting in the top five again next year. And maybe they'll think about taking a quarterback or maybe if they can see that Davis Mills has some capability, they'll not take a quarterback and just build around him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think it's a good plan. Um, so next team, and this this one I think is pretty easy. Although it seems you know they're one of the better teams, but the Green Bay Packers uh, with the Green Bay Packers, I think they would have two first round picks. I, I mean, it's it's got to be two wide receivers, doesn't it? I mean, you could say defense, maybe a defensive lineman, you know, linebacker, uh, another cornerback, perhaps. But I mean, overall, I mean, they just they need. They need to fill that Devontae Adams void. And I can tell you right now that Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard combined are probably not going to have the yardage and receptions that Devontae Adams had last year by himself. Yeah, don't forget about Amari Rodgers in there as well. It's not not, not a lot of uh, great uh, players there. I would definitely spend my first two pick, first two, my first round picks, both of them, on two wide receivers. Just because one of them is unlikely to hit, and if you get both of them, then, okay, great. Then you have two great wide receivers uh, who can come in and immediately be a wide receiver one and wide receiver two. I think Alan Lazard is, is going to have the trust of Aaron Rodgers, but I think in a, in a fully functioning offense, he's probably a, a number three wide receiver, you know, a, a, mid, a mid-range number two wide receiver. So you want to get one of these elite players or potentially elite players and in the second round, I, I mean, I hate to sound corny, but adding offensive linemen are never a bad, is never a bad idea. And they were pretty decent on defense last year. You look at, they have playmakers on all three levels of their defense. I think that they could just use a little bit more uh, ability to kind of force the issue on offense and by improving their offensive line. Pro Football Focus had them ranked number 14 in, the, in the, their offensive line, ranked 14th last year. That's the middle of the pack, and I think if they can improve, get near the top five, you'd probably see them maybe kind of take another step. 
Yeah, and the next team, I guess. I mean, it's it sounds crazy, but the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's it's weird to say that they're in need of offensive talent, but again, you lose Tyree Kill, which is is still shocking to me. Um, and they really don't. They didn't really fill the void. I mean, yes, you know, Travis Kelsey is there, but you know, he he's you know, getting up there. Was he in his thirties? He thirty three now, I think. And they had they signed Marquez Valdez Scandling, who is. You know, whatever. You know, Michael Hardman has been kind of a disappointment. They have Josh Gordon, who's going to probably get suspended after one game. And they have they did sign Juju Smith-Schuster. But as we've seen from his Pittsburgh days, he's not a number one receiver. He's a good, great number two receiver, you know, a, a possession receiver and over the middle guy. But they don't have you know, there's no one on this on this receiving core that is threatening in the least. And I mean, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, there's only so much you can do with that kind of lack of talent so i mean wide receiver seems kind of obvious maybe maybe another tight end you know because travis kelsey is getting up there and i mm-hmm. again i'm just gonna i mean you could just throw in the offensive line i mean he needs he we've seen him they tried to address that a little bit uh last year but the more the better you know get well, some depth remember they traded their starting offensive lineman away to start last year uh, i think it was eric fisher and i can't remember the other player but they traded two of their starting offensive line and then i think you saw that kind of play itself out at, at, at different parts of the season. I, I Basically, everything you said is is kind of what I was going to say. It's just I think the funny thing is just the, how the NFL works. Like a year and a half ago, it would have been unthinkable to think – it would have been unthinkable that the, the Chiefs would not have an elite offense. And coming into this year, if you're just uh, you know blindly ranking their offense, I'm not sure that they're top 10 in the NFL right now. Yeah. And it's – they just need playmakers. And I, I would also be for them, the running back position also w- would be uh, an interesting spot to to target. It just they they just kind of it, Clyde Edwards-Helaire has been okay. They brought in Ronald Jones, who's okay. I I I don't know if you address it through the offensive line or you just address it by upgrading at running back. But they need to find a way to make plays outside of just Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes this year. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's a couple more. I don't know if you wanted to go first since I feel like I was taking your stealing your thunder. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I mean, I, the saints, uh, they have, uh, two picks and the, the saints are just kind of in a weird spot to me as a, as an organization. Cause they're not awful, but they're not really great either. They're kind of just this middle of the pack team. They feel kind of like the, the Seahawks do almost this year. to me. Yeah. 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 And it's just, I'm not really sure. Should they be in rebuild mode? And if they are, maybe they should be trying to move players like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You know, Sean Payton's gone for at least one year. Jameis Winston's your quarterback. This doesn't feel like a win-now team. Uh, And yet, they do still have a very strong defense that can compete at a high level, particularly against the rush. I mean, there's no... Everyone knows their number one need is that quarterback. Jameis Winston's a a decent player, I think, better as a backup. Obviously, uh, but maybe you take a dart throw in the middle of rounds and hope that you can kind of replicate what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. If you know, what, what is that, 2014, 2013? So I, I don't, I don't know. I, it's just I'm not really sure. Looking at their team, what they need other than quarterback, because their team is pretty good. Outside of that, just it's just not great. Yeah, I think I mean it's it just feels like Michael Thomas isn't going to be back there. So I think you you flip him yeah. and and just get him somewhere where he's going to be happy because it just seems 
unless it was Sean Payton that was the problem, and now he comes back, you know, ready to go. But it just seems like it's just such a toxic relationship at this point that it's just got to be just done. Which means, I mean, they have Marcus Callaway, uh, who's okay. I mean, Traquan Smith, uh, you know. But yeah. I think overall, I, I, it's it's true. They have to figure out what their direction is because Jameis Winston, I just don't really believe in. I mean, they signed Andy Dalton as his backup and or, you know, competitive starter, I guess. Ian Book does not look like he's doing much. So a quarterback seems like the the obvious choice. And then, you know, I, I mean, maybe you flip Alvin Kamara and get what you can for him now. If you're going to be if you are yeah. going to be rebuilding, don't waste, you know, you're you have a great talent there that someone's going to pay a lot for while yeah. because he's still productive, but and I think the problem with the Saints is I don't know what you do to get from where they are to becoming contenders because they're not contenders right now. No. And I don't know there's no draft pick unless you just hit, you know, unless you just strike gold. Where they are drafting right now, there's no there's no draft pick that's going to take them to the next level. Uh, it almost feels like you kind of have to blow it up because now you're going to waste another year of Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas in their prime. Yeah, wide receiver is probably the best bet if you're just going to move forward with, hey, we're going for it. But I, I don't know. This is this it's a rough spot for them. Uh, New York Giants would be next. Uh, I mean, I don't think they have enough draft picks to redo what they need to do. I mean, I, I think it's quarterback, honestly. I mean, I, I know that that you know, there's only so many quarterbacks to go around, but I don't, I don't, I'm not buying Daniel Jones. I mean, they signed Tyrod Taylor, so you get rid of Daniel Jones, <clears throat> you get rid of Daniel Jones, and then you're almost set up perfectly because you have one of the best bridge quarterbacks ever. Which means whoever you get as your rookie, Tyrod Taylor is going to usher in and be the next. <laughs> great young quarterback because that's just what he does he's like the he's like the sherpa going up the great quarterback mountain he's just come on <laughs> i got you but their the receiving core is not bad i mean Kadarius tooney is is a i mean he looks like he's got real talent he's speedy yep. i mean i know there was a, a report the other day that they might trade him but it hasn't happened yet i mean kenny galladay when he's healthy is is pretty good darius slayton he's had, had his a, moments he had his moment exactly i was just gonna say that yeah sterling shepherd has been kind of a letdown because he's been injured and just production but then you have to question how much of that all goes back to daniel jones and maybe the offensive line i think offensive line is probably their number one and then quarterback i mean you could you could give daniel jones another try and kind of see what happens next year but can i can i just say if i'm the if i'm the giants at five because they're they're picking at five and picking at seven i'm doing everything in my power to trade back to to one of these teams that you know, maybe wants to take a chance on a quarterback. Maybe it's New Orleans and you can get those two first round picks because like I said, everything I'm hearing about the quarterbacks this year are not is not good. You've already invested a number of, you know, I think Daniel Jones is number six. Like you may as well just roll with it one more year until the year where it's all these great quarterbacks are supposed to come out. I I guess if you're going to go for it, it seems like it seems like defensive players are really kind of dominating the defensive players and offensive linemen are kind of like dominating the early parts of the dra- the mock draft. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be helpful, but the the Giants are just bad, and I don't know what you're going to do, especially because you, you look at Saquon Barkley; he's going to be coming off his rookie deal. Uh, you're you're basically going to be blowing it up next year anyway. Why not get more draft picks? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good call. Just flip, you know, the talent you have for now and get and just load up. And then maybe you can even trade up next year when there's a better class of quarterbacks. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you got to know. I don't even know what what the what is the number five pick worth. It's got to yeah. be worth a lot of picks, and you know you're not making any big moves this year with the team you have, no matter who you land in the first few rounds. Yeah, you're right. And finally, the uh, neighboring New York Jets. If you want to, I mean, yeah, I, the New York Jets are actually kind of in a different spot uh, to me, even though they, their records. I mean, it seems like they're basically the same team. As, you know, neither of them are very good. But I looked, I saw a few glimpses of promise from Zach Wilson last year. Going into year two, maybe he will finally hit puberty and and look like an actual. He looks like like he's ten years old out there sometimes. But um, he. So I'm just. To me, they need an elite playmaker at the wide receiver position. It's kind of been repetitive. You've got Elijah Moore over there. You've got Corey Davis over there. I think they invested. Uh, Michael Carter looked decent in the backfield last year. They had a decent offensive line from what I could see last year. I think they just need to get, bring another weapon in uh, and, uh, at the wide receiver position. They even invested at a uh, tight end. I forget who it was that they brought in. Oh, oh CJ Uzama. CJ, yeah. You know, and, and once again, he's had his moments. Uh, their head coach is a defensive-minded guy in Robert Salah. In Salah, he was the defensive coordinator for the Fort Niners when went to the Super Bowl. So I think if you can, you can just focus on drafting offensive players, adding offensive talent around Zach Wilson to see, to kind of maximize where he is, you, you want him to have a bunch of weapons. And I, I think that's the key for them to kind of take the next step uh, and, and, and possibly compete for a wild-card spot. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, their, their receiving core is not bad. Uh you know, uh, Braxton Berrios had Nothing some pretty interesting. He had some good highlights towards the end of the year. It felt like he, him, and Zach Wilson were really starting to develop something. But I don't. I mean, I, I can't say draft a quarterback, but I think that they need to invest in a better backup quarterback than Joe Flacco. Because I mean, if Joe Flacco has to play, you're basically giving up anyway. Yeah. So. The defense, I mean, they have Quinton Williams, who's pretty good. I could see maybe adding to, you know, a cornerback or something just to kind of help, you know, help help your offense by helping your defense kind of thing, where it's like give give the offense back the ball more often and in better field position. But offensive line, I think, is the is the biggest issue that they have by far. And so I would just go ham and just, you know, like you said, with uh, Green Bay and, and wide receivers, it's like take take two this way. At least if one of them pans out, you're you didn't waste a pick. So, yeah, that. Oh, no. And finally, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is the last one. The Eagles are kind of I hate to sound like a broken record, but there are these teams that have young quarterbacks that you're not sure which way you're going. Right. Do I need to middling position? Yeah. Do I need to go get a new quarterback or do I need to go ahead and fortify the quarterback that I have? To me, the Eagles are in a a situation where I, I think Jalen Hurts showed me enough in a year where there's not this standout number one quarter uh, number one quarterback crop where you can give him another season where you can say hey we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and add another wide receiver because jj arcega whiteside is terrible we're gonna go and add another running back because you know you can never have too many running backs and miles sanders can't seem to stay healthy we're gonna add to the offensive line to make sure you have the protection you need i think they need to go all in this defense was 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 fine last year not elite but fine and I think they need to just go all in on the offense and surround him with pieces that can win. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really it. Uh, their their receiving core is 
okay. I mean, Devontae Smith looked like he has he has got some potential. I mean, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I, I don't know. Jalen Rager has been kind of disappointing. They, I mean, Dallas Goddard is, you know, a stud. Uh, I think that running back might be a position they could look for because Miles Sanders seems like he's a little frail and fragile. Boston Scott's been kind of a good fill-in, but I don't think he's a starter. And, yeah, their defensive line, I think, is one of the better ones in the league, honestly. I mean, they've made a Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett. I mean, they're they're pretty solid. You know, maybe on the back end, a cornerback wouldn't be a bad idea. But I think you're right. I think to it kind of kind of what Miami's doing with Tua, I yeah. think the Eagles have to do with the in a different way, of course, because Jalen Hurts is a different kind of quarterback than than Tua is. But you know, give him all of the opportunity you can, and that'll answer the question on whether or not what you do next year, you keep him or you try to move on. So. Yeah, so that would do it, and that's for the all the teams' multiple first-round picks. So let's take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we have to finish up our 2022 uh, bracket, which is King of the Candy Store. We're down to the championship round. We're going to hear who I voted for, who's, who's, who Jose voted for, and who you, the fans, voted for. So stick around for that right after this on the Benchwarmers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Benchwarmers Podcast, where being all talk is actually a good thing. Now, back to the action. Or talk, I guess. Welcome back to the program, everyone. I am still Lou Ruggieri. That's still Jose Ortiz. And this is still Benchwarmers Podcast, already in progress. Season 2, Episode 49, our 99th show overall, 100, looming large next week. Uh, we're excited. It's, 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 been, a, it's been a journey. And yeah. the, what also has been a journey has been our March madness. Uh, uh, this is going to be an annual thing, maybe even more than annual. We'll do it maybe a couple times because uh, it's a lot of fun. So... Uh, in March, we decided we don't like college basketball that much, but we do like brackets. So last year, we did uh, breakfast cereals. We took 32 of the top breakfast cereals we could think of and put them against each other and came up with uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was the winner. This year, we decided to kind of stick to that sort of theme, and we did King of the Candy Store. And so we did uh, 32 candies. We kind of separated them into uh, you know, chocolate, non-chocolate, and uh, you know, I-, I guess in retrospect – you know, the chocolates were always destined to win. It kind of, I, I realized that the finals matchup between Snickers and Reese's, it, it, feel, it felt like, if you remember back in the 90s when, like, the 49ers and the Cowboys would play yep. in the NFC Championship. Perfect. And, like, that was the Super Bowl. You know, like, the Super Bowl, the actual Super Bowl was more like an afterthought where it was like, well, yeah, but, I mean, whoever wins this game is going to go on. That's That was kind of the, the, the thought I had over, the, over this week kind of thinking about this, this matchup. So... We have, we're down to the final, this is it. This is a championship. Um, we have Snickers from the, uh, I don't know, Western bracket. I don't know what you call the candy it. Candy bar region. Yeah, candy region, the chocolate bar region. And then we have Twizzlers in a shocking, to me at least, shocking Cinderella story, making it all the way to the finals uh, from kind of the chewy candy bracket section. Um and yeah, it's been a journey. I mean, if you want to, you can recap how we got here, if you'd like. Yeah, the fun, I, I will say, so yeah, so Twizzlers in round one defeated Airheads. That was, a, it was, it was pretty sound defeat, but there was, there were some, there was some, 
some love for for Airheads there. In the round two, got past Mike and Ike's, and in round three, squeaked past Starburst. And then in the final four, Skittles went up against Skittles, and Skittles actually. The funny thing about Skittles is, although the Twizzlers won the fan vote, I when when it was announced that Twizzlers had won, everyone was like, "Oh my goodness, Twi- how could Twizzlers beat Sw- uh, Skittles?" I was like, "I don't understand. When did you guys not vote?" Like, so uh, <laughs> either way, Twizzlers. Uh, so that was probably the biggest controversy: Twizzlers over Skittles. Uh, it was kind of a Cinderella run, as you say. I think that the path was just right there, and actually, it was. I'm sorry, it was Twizzlers over Swedish Fish in the Sweet Six, in, in the Elite Eight, not over Starburst. So that's an error there. And then uh, Snickers defeated Mounds in round one, then defeated Crunch Bar in round two. And then in the Elite Eight, knocked out Twix. And in the final four, defeated Reese's in a very close match. And here we have Snickers versus Twizzlers. And as you so eloquently put uh put it, it it wasn't really it the twizzles are just destined to lose here it snickers yeah. is just uh the perfect candy it's the maybe the best candy bar in america and uh i you know i can't i don't know about the world i haven't sampled candy bars all over the world but i know pound for pound it's it's one of the best at least if not the best one of the best candy bars we have available twizzlers and and and, and the other thing is that that was Everyone accepts that, right? That's a universal. Everyone knows Snickers is a thug, right? Everyone knows Snickers is a top blue chip, amazing candy. There was discussion and some dissent in in Twizzlers' position in the finals. And so in comparing Snickers against Twizzlers, while I am a huge, huge Twizzlers fan, Snickers is an easy victor here. it's, It's not close. It, in every situation, under any circumstance, I take Snickers over Twizzlers. It is what it is. I love Twizzlers, but Snickers is the chosen one here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a, a pretty. I mean, this feels kind of like 49ers Bengals in the 80s. Yeah, you know, it just it just feels like it's just it's it's a nice story. You know, it's nice that you guys got there. Um, no one is real sure how you made it that far. I still can't believe that Twizzlers lost to Swedish or beat Twi- Swedish Fish. I thought Swedish Fish would put up a much better fight. And Snickers, I will tell you, just from talking to people throughout the week, there were some serious debates going on from from about the Elite Eight on. The Snickers-Twix debate raged. Yeah. So for some reason, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Reese's Pieces has been just dominating. <laughs> and it's been the most divisive. I mean, you'd think we're talking politics. Like, it's crazy how the people's stances. <laughs> and apparently... Uh, Mini peanut butter cups are supposed to be, I guess, they're the better version, which I, I don't agree with necessarily, but uh, it's the just, same thing. <laughs> that's what I think, but I guess not. It's apparently I'm I'm on the I'm on the outside looking in on that one because it's a there's a prevailing thought that Reese, mini peanut butter cups are even better than either of these two. And then the Reese's, Reese's Snickers has just raged. That debate has been just I think it's probably still going somewhere. So. Very interesting discussion over the course of the week, uh, but well, no one really had any differing opinions when it came to Snickers versus Twizzlers, unfortunately for Twizzlers. Here's a question for you and, and for the people, really. If there was a, if there is one candy from the is there is there any candy from the fruit bracket that could have defeated Snickers? No, I think I think Swedish Fish might have had you know a, a, a fighting chance, but not even it's not even that really that close. No, 
I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Elite Eight for the the chocolate side. I'm like they would any of these candy bars that advanced yeah. would have destroyed it. And honestly, you could look at the Sweet Sixteen yeah. and basically say the same thing. And yep. so that's probably the you know I, I was the one you know I, with Lou's blessing. I was the one who put the put together the uh, the seating and everything. And that's the one thing I'll look back on where it's like, well, I, I maybe overthought trying to split up the. The, the fruit candies and the chocolates kind of set up a D1 versus D2 yeah. scenario. Yeah. I mean, it was fun nonetheless. So I think, you know, Snick, all in all, I think Snickers still had a pretty good chance yeah. of at least making the finals. I don't know that, like I said, I mean, Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, that that's a, that's a battle Royale. So I think, you know, 10 times out of 10, I think each one wins five times. So, it's it's still kind of I feel like it ended how it was going to end regardless of the seating. So I Absolutely. think it's, I'll still count as a success. And that's yeah, that's going to be our 2022 20, bracket. I think we're going to uh, we're going to go back and think about some things here. You yeah, know? I think I, we I, can I, redo this in a different way. Not necessarily this bracket. Maybe we'll redo this one at some point down the road and kind of reseed them and see what happens. But. Uh, I kind of love to do a bonus bracket almost, just something different, you know, some different mm-hmm. ideas. If you guys have some ideas, please send it to us. Yeah, you can give us all the all the ideas. Facebook is usually our main place of business as far as getting uh, soliciting opinions. So uh, go to the Benchwarmers, uh, what is it, Benchwarmers.com, or not the Benchwarmers.com, sorry, the Benchwarmers podcast on Facebook, Benchwarmers with a Z. You can find us there. Or go to Jose Ortiz or Lou Ruggieri. You can find us there and links to the show that way. So either way, you can find us. And we're always looking for new ideas, especially for our next bracket, which I think we could probably bring back. I think we, you know, we have our 100th show, and then maybe we'll take a little time off because I think it's going to be the, the NFL draft, and then it's sort of a lull. And we've been working pretty hard this year, so I think we've earned a little bit of a reprieve to kind of reset and re-get, regroup and see what we can do and talk and how we can do better moving forward so one more week at least and then we'll we'll see maybe we'll take some time off but all right that's going to do it i think um congratulations to snickers in a sort of uh underwhelming victory uh it's kind of a landslide blowout but snickers is the king of the candy store for 2022 and we'll see if that remains moving forward maybe our supplemental candy draft in the future candy bracket in the future but (laughs) Uh, yeah, you otherwise, stumbled an idea right there. Yeah. The draft. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yep. See, that's how things happen. But all right, well, let's we'll talk about it. So that's going to do it uh, for Jose Ortiz. I'm Lou Ruggieri, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.